Jeremiah. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He's looking himself. Looking back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankle. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Guys, welcome back to the Established Fast Podcast and my touch points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Bubble. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and Dylan here to discuss more free agency in the NFL. Before we get into that, real quickly, um, your Gauchos, UC Santa Barbara, uh, the NCAA <laughs> tournament uh, is just uh, going on right now, and I've got to say, I had the Gauchos in every bracket that I took, um, and unfortunately, they come up just short. Yeah, just a little too much hype, maybe. It felt like so many people were were picking us. That, that sometimes goes the other way. But man, I it was a lot of fun, at least compared to the last you know couple times they've been in the tournament where they got blown out in the first round. At least they had a shot till the end. But uh, man, it's just got to go up strong to the paint. You can't expect. It felt like he was, thought he was going to get fouled there instead. He misses that little layup. But man, they, yeah, they they were a fun team all year, and I still feel good about the direction they're going to go in. But you know, this is an NFL podcast, so I'll stop rambling about my my gauchos who yeah they'll bounce back they, but they gotta you know we'll see about uh, in terms of football wise obviously my school has not lost since the early 90s that's because they don't have a team but that's why i'm focused on the nfl here yeah that's uh pro- probably a good plan uh, we will not dive into the state of the big west basketball conference but we will dive into the state of free agency in the nfl and uh lots happening since the last time we recorded Obviously, with uh, the NCAA tournament and everything going on last week, we did one episode, but uh, we decided to come back strong here with uh, a look at everything that has gone on, and we'll kind of group this into different ones uh, here as we go throughout. We're not going to mention every single player, of course. We're not going to um, necessarily go through each individual signing. Uh, we will kind of group some of these together. I think, Dylan, to start off with here, wide receivers have been sort of a big um, talk, I guess, over the past uh, week or so now, just in terms of uh, signings. The one that kept, the one that stayed out there that we kept talking about was Kenny Galladay. And it's funny because I think we actually mentioned the Giants initially. Is you know that was where all the rumors had initially sort of started with him yeah. going to the Giants. And uh, what do you know? That's where he winds up. Uh, signs a deal with the Giants, and now Daniel Jones um, has a pretty nice, you know, pair of receivers at least when you look at Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton there. Um, so that's that's something that the Giants can build around. Obviously, they need some help elsewhere still uh, to get back to you know being a, a contender. But um, nice, I guess, for them to to add a weapon like that to help their yeah. offense. Uh, so that's probably the, the best starting point when you look at just the the most notable names and, and the moves that were made. Yeah, I didn't know he was going to get quite that much money. To, uh, you know, compared to kind of what we're looking at with some of the other free agents that had signed, still ends up getting. A deal for 18 million a year, which I mean he's worth. But again, I just I, I kind of thought more what Ian Rappaport had said about him probably falling more into that 14, 15 million area. So props to his agent, props to him, even more money with incentives possibly. So in terms of contending, I mean it's one thing to contend for the NFC itself, but in their division, that's probably their biggest concern at this point, just trying to be the best team in there, and that might not be the hardest thing to do. So they already had a really good defense last year that took some huge strides. Expect them to be solid again and now yeah with with Kenny with 
uh, bringing in there, man, it's he's a, I mean, he just needs to stay on the field. That's the thing we didn't see for large portions of last year. When he's out there, he made such a huge difference for the Lions, and as you know, we'll be curious to see how Daniel Jones does, if, what kind of steps he takes. I think that's the biggest thing with this offense. Really, you can have all the talent you want, but we need Daniel Jones to, to play more consistently, and be on the field, and actually make a difference. So we'll see. But I, I at this point, I mean, with where I, how I feel about the rest of the division, it's really, really wide open. So there's no reason why the Giants can't make a, a push and by adding Galladay, one of you know, arguably the best receiver on the market. If we, with Allen Robinson kind of taking off and now signing his franchise tender, uh, really big move for for the Giants, and we'll we'll see how it uh, translates on the field. But uh, at least you you have teams going in and trying to win. They're not just sitting back and thinking, oh, this, this crappy division, we can <laughs> kind of sit in our laurels and possibly. Uh, make some improvements otherwise, and just with a natural progression of the roster, it's great for them to actually go out and sign a free agent like this. And it's great for the players that, to see that the market, at least for the top guys, again, hasn't been completely suppressed yet. Well, a couple of um, guys also on the move. Uh, Curtis Samuel heads to Washington. We know we felt like he was kind of a, an underrated guy uh, in terms of uh, just what he could do with the Panthers, and now he heads to Washington. Um, and then you've got Will Fuller headed to the Dolphins. That gives the Dolphins certainly uh, – we talked about kind of his connection with Deshaun Watson. And, uh, man, I tell you, just uh, two guys that are pretty talented uh, headed to uh, two different teams here. And, uh, I mean, really feels like two teams that, that are on the upswing when you look at Washington and Miami. Yeah, no, for for Washington, obviously, with what Samuel's skill set can do, I, you started kind of seeing it last year uh, compared to his first few years in the NFL – a guy that had so much potential, wasn't putting up huge numbers, but kept being someone that was kind of a popular, trendy, later, mid-round kind of a fantasy draft pick. And you really saw his skill set on full display last year with what Carolina was able to do creativity-wise. And I just think Washington has that same vision in terms of what they're going to be able to do with their offense moving forward. Excited to see uh, – to have – and also with a guy like Terry McLaurin, we, we talked about what he's able to do last year. Such a great leader for them. And now to, to add to, to their receiving corps with – someone with such versatility that can do so many different things. And for a team that we're not positive at, at this point, I guess they are saying that Fitzpatrick's going to be the starter and that uh, it's still going to be a competition with uh, with Heineke. But it's an interesting – I mean, he still has a lot left, I feel like, when he's on the field. He played really well for Miami last year. And I'm not saying Washington's going to, you know, be amazing and go 10-6 and six necessarily. But, hey, they almost – are. you know, they did win the division last year. They almost beat – Tampa Bay in the first round. Uh, their defense is taking strides, and now you add a guy there. I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And then for the Dolphins, obviously, we've talked about how we think of the, the culture they've built and just adding to it. And still some, some signings that I think maybe they didn't end up getting, some guys that we would have liked to see in their system. We, we mentioned Galladay and what he could have done possibly down there. Aaron Jones also obviously returning to the Packers. But uh, I think, I mean, when Will, Furl's, Will Fuller's on the field, man, he's – He's been a lot of fun. He really can stretch things. And, well, it's, it, again, it's, it feels like I'm repeating a little bit of what I'm going to say about the Giants in terms of it also just really matters what happens with Tua. Obviously, uh, a little more uncertainty what's going on with the Deshaun Watson, Watson situation at the moment. Um, it feels like Miami might be locked in the two at this point. Um, and, I mean, his his ability and what he's able to do, I, I still think, you know, last year maybe it's, it's too quick. I really do believe we need to get a, a larger – kind of sample size before we, we look at what 
Tua can do. And I, I obviously adding more weapons. They already have some guys that they can stay on the field and, and Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And Will Fuller gives them a, a, that vertical element that I just don't know they quite had last year. And uh, But we'll see what, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to what Tua is able to do, what he's able to develop. Uh, two teams, like you're saying, though, that are definitely trending upward. And, and Miami still have a hard time believing if they go 10-6 and six again, they won't be in the playoffs. It's going to be an interesting division, though. As you know, we already have talked a lot about the Patriots additions. Obviously, the Bills feeling pretty good about what they've been able to do. So it's it's going to be a lot of fun in that division. Well, we're all just excited for uh, Will Fuller to reunite with Sean Watson in Miami. So um, that will be uh, certainly what we're looking for next. It's, come on, we we know what the Dolphins are up to here. Uh, come on, we're we're signing Will Fuller because we're trying to. You know, try to convince him we're going to make this happen somehow, some way. Um, we'll see. But, uh, no, uh, we may talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's a really good signing for the Dolphins. And, like you said, I mean, really with Washington, there, there are still some unknowns in terms of what their passing game looks like. But now you got Terry McLaurin. Um, you know, you got Curtis Samuel. Uh, that That's a nice uh, combination, too, there uh, for them. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster, not as, uh, I guess, um, thrilling in terms of his decision as he decides to stay with the Steelers, it uh, looks like that the uh, the Ravens were, you know, a team that was mm-hmm. on the radar there, certainly. Um, so that would have obviously been quite a move uh, to go from the Steelers to the Ravens. But uh, he decides to stay in Pittsburgh. I, I don't really know that that's a huge surprise uh, overall. I mean, I don't really think we were – we weren't talking a lot about him just in terms of I, I think maybe we expected him to sort of stay there. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, a, a noteworthy move. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was – surprised he stayed it really felt like uh as we as the season turned around that you know it's not not even trying to make too much of what happened with all of his dancing on opposing logos and teams getting mad and then the the Steelers season kind of spiraling and questions of you know what some of the veterans on the the Steelers locker room thought about it I don't think maybe those things are probably a little more blown up among the the Steelers fan base than they were internally clearly by the time they end up bringing him back and at this at this offer I don't think it's a bad offer at all for Pittsburgh I think it's a pretty solid deal uh, to just at least you know see what he can do at least for one more year Um, I'm a little surprised about uh, the fact that you know he had a chance at least and would have been a lot of fun to see him in Kansas City's offense so yeah I believe it was them and the Ravens that had the, the two contracts that had more incentives had a better chance of paying him for for longer um so could have been interesting to see him in, with either of those teams obviously the ravens that would have been a little bit of a bitter pill for Steeler fans if we thought some of them were mad at, at juju after last season at the, how it ended can only imagine the feelings that would have been felt if he yeah. went to uh to, to their biggest arch rival at this point where the browns are quickly going to make it you know burge into that uh, conversation as well but Man, it, yeah, it, it works out for, for both sides at the end of the day. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do. I think he's going to be motivated after how the season ended. And I still – I think he sees himself, and there was a point where you – if you you know, you would have probably thought he was worth more than this. Uh, but after the, the last couple of years, the, the numbers kind of – he did not, as I thought, you know, when Antonio Brown left, I thought he was really going to take over as a number one, the number one role. Even this year, you see more of – and I'd argue that Chase Claypool is really their top receiver. Um, but – you know, bringing the band back together again, Big Ben staying another year. So we'll see. I mean, Juju's still a really young guy. Came out of SC really young. Um, and But it's, it's, it feels a little bit like a prove-it deal. I do think he probably thinks he's worth more. Maybe he just felt like with Pittsburgh he has a better chance to put up the numbers that will eventually uh, allow him to, to sign a contract for, for more of a top-flight receiver. 
Yep, we'll see kind of what uh, happens there. And, uh, yeah, it should be interesting to kind of see how the Steelers look next season because, as we said, they got off to such a, a great start last season, and uh, we know what happened in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of where the Steelers stand, maybe not just during next season but after next season mm-hmm. uh, also from a lot of different uh, standpoints. But uh, anything else that kind of stood out for you with some of these, uh, you know, signings? We can, I mean, we can probably stay on the wide receiver theme when you look at Deshaun Watson. Um, signing with the the Rams. I know that's one that, that kind of came out of uh, nowhere maybe for some people. Uh, and then, meanwhile, the Bears, um, that's probably, I guess, one we could talk about with, yeah. you know, all the talk about Russell Wilson. And uh, what do you know? The Bears uh, wind up with uh, Andy Dalton. And uh, I don't necessarily know that that is the signing that uh, Bears fans <laughs> were expecting after all the Russell Wilson trade talks. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish up with the thoughts on the receiving stuff. The other, I think, one uh, that made perfect sense for the setup and what they're uh, looking for with, with Emmanuel Sanders going to the Bills. Yeah. I think that'll be a lot of fun to see what he can do with Josh Allen in that offense. Obviously, they tie in a little bit into their quarterback, to the Bears quarterback situation. They, they are the ones that signed Mitch Trubisky. It's going to be really funny when he comes in relief and has some really great performances for Buffalo. I can only imagine how Bears fans are going to feel. Because, uh, yeah, man, that, that was a roller coaster of a, of a week and a half, two weeks. And it, we always kind of thought it was weird that the Bears were one of the teams that Russell Wilson was looking at. It's not like, obviously, it's a, a you know a legacy franchise that if, if you win there, you're going to be a, a god essentially in Chicago. Um, but it just it's like, man, this isn't the situation at this point. I feel like you'd want to go into if Russ wants more help and whatever. It sounds like it, maybe at this point he's going to end up staying in Seattle, but. Uh, I don't think that's the place you wanted to go quite yet, at least until they <laughs> turn over yeah. uh, some things in their organization. It just feels like they're trying to run it back from a year ago. And to, I mean, Andy, no offense to Andy Dalton, I thought he was going to do better in Dallas than he did at certain points down the stretch of the year. He had some pretty good games, but he's just not, it's not the kind of move that's really going to be inspiring, especially for a team that's just, you know, feels like they, they missed maybe that window a bit with their defense. And now you, Trubisky's gone, and you're you're like, wow, we need you know something more exciting. And instead, you get a guy that it, honestly, I don't. If I in my mind, in terms of the ability and what they're able to do, I don't see how he's that different than Nick Foles, um, like a shorter Nick Foles. <laughs> like, it's uh, man, it's uh, for Bears fans. Um, just get on the loyal Chicago train. I know we're yeah. still uh, by the time. Uh, anyone listens to this, their their result, you know, you know, we'll see what they're able to do. But man, otherwise for Chicago, with it's a it's a rough time. Uh, quickly say on the Sean Jackson, I know that when uh, when Sean McVay got the job with the Rams initially, one of the the people that they talked to and were really liked what they had to say about McVay was Deshaun Jackson. He coached him for uh, a while in Washington. He was a guy that when Les Snead and the, the Rams brass were looking for their next head coach, they really took to heart what Deshaun had to say about his ability to lead people and obviously with his how smart he is as an offensive coach. So they have that connection together. But that was always kind of the, the you know, I thought maybe they'd go for a guy in the draft. There's so much speed you can get later in the draft. You don't – that's a, a misconception about we see – yeah, I don't think we're going to see guys exactly in the John Ross mold always get drafted that high. There's you can find guys that can can blaze deep down in the draft. I thought the Rams would do that, but it, you know if you can get a guy like Deshaun Jackson that when he's healthy, you know even the Rams saw early in the season when they played the Eagles how quickly he can really change things for an offense. And it's more about him staying on the field. But that's the element that the Rams kind of lost when they 
traded Brandon Cooks away to, to, te- to the Texans. They, they had that vertical element. It was completely gone, and it's partially because of ways the defense has adjusted to them, partially about some of the things that Jerry Goff had struggled with. But really, they didn't have that guy. And so I think adding that, that threat back to this offense for the Rams, something that had to be done. And hopefully Deshaun Jackson, their local guy, Long Beach fall guy, is a little kid watching some of his <laughs> high school games. So, yeah, it should be a lot of fun to, to see him suit up for the hometown team. Well, let's talk about some of the team. We've kind of touched on them before, but um, when you look at some of the, I guess let's start with the, the negative side of things. Um, thus far, and look, we still have a ways to go. We know there's still going to be signings and uh, could change our opinions on some of the stuff, trades and, you know, the drafts coming up. There, there's lots of things. So it'll be determined on what team is exactly going to look like heading into next season. But just from, from free agency to this point, who are some of the teams you think have certainly been maybe the most disappointing? I mean, I I think just from a quarterback standpoint, oh, like the, the Bears have to be in there. Like <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I got nothing against Andy Dalton, but uh, again, that's just uh, to me. I, I'm not sure what you look at. Um, what about like I was thinking about the Titans. Um, you know, the, the Titans lost a lot of guys, but I, I don't know. I feel like that's on a kind of a I'm not sure what's going on there in terms of the Titans. I feel like they, they lost some guys. Now, sure, some of those guys maybe didn't necessarily pan out, and I'm not even talking about the Isaiah Wilson thing. That's something on a completely different level. Um, mm-hmm. But that was a guy they spent a first-round pick on. Um, so yeah. I'm just like I – don't, I don't feel like the Titans kind of – when you see like Corey Davis, um, you know, some of the other moves that they've made, I mean, their, their nucleus is still intact, and I think they're going to be fine. But – that's kind of a team I was thinking about in terms of they have seemed like they have made a lot of moves, but I don't necessarily know that they've made a lot in return, if that makes sense. Yeah, there it doesn't feel like, if anything, that I feel like they've downgraded a bit at some positions, and they do have the, the crux of what has made them so successful the last couple of years. But, yeah, I, I would I, I'm not surprised, though. I mean, I guess they have to be kind of categorically – uh, put maybe on the losing side because it's just, I don't know, you thought, like you're saying, that you thought maybe they, with, I don't know, I would have, I felt like more guys maybe would have liked to to go there to build around what Mike Vrabel's done and what they've been able to do the last couple of years. It just, instead, it's like, it just felt like more guys, like you're saying, were on the way out than came on the way in. I like Josh Reynolds, but I mean, he's not like a difference-making receiver. I wouldn't say he's as, yeah. as good as Corey Davis. Um, I, obviously, with Bud coming in, I, not, I was a little surprised at the reaction there. I thought, you know, maybe for the, the price range that they get to pre for it wasn't terrible. Maybe that's part of why. I hope Hopefully he'll make a really big impact quickly because they need it, as we know, on defense. But, yeah, they're, they're a team that I, maybe another team I think right along with them, maybe the Jaguars are one that I, as we've kind of talked, and it was part of why when Urban Meyer took the job and we thought about all the cap space they had and all the different things they'd be able to do, especially with the market not being as high for some of the players. Instead, they just – didn't really do a ton. <laughs> like I, they, they bring in a couple guys, and I, you know, I think Marvin Jones is interesting, and Shaq Griffin obviously helps their secondary. But I, uh, I, I just thought they'd be able to make bigger additions, take a further step forward. Now it really feels like they're still going to be kind of in the same place with, you know, obviously some additions in the draft. But that's a lot to 
that's a lot to to rely on. And with all the cap space they had, I just thought the Jaguars sort of made some uh, bigger moves for more splash transactions. So yeah, two teams in the, our, our favorite division. Not surprisingly, that we're talking about not necessarily being uh, at the top of, as the winning teams in uh, free agency. Maybe if anyone, I guess you could say, because of the the Jags and and the Titans having mediocre. Uh, it's a subpar free agency, at least for, through the first week. Maybe you could say the Colts are a winner just by <laughs> just by just by default. They also are able to bring back Marlon Mack uh, for a pretty cheap deal. I think Xavier Rhodes was you know getting him in, and he it was solid. What he's able to do last season, I thought he had a nice bounce back year. So I think the Colts yeah, maybe a, a winner that just a little bit oh, more so about the the quality in their division. What those two teams did, obviously the draft will. Uh, play a huge role, and hopefully for the Titans and Jags, they can make some splashes there and get some big hits. Because yeah, not not the prettiest uh, first week here. Still some guys obviously available, but obviously through through a week of free agency, we've got through at least the the crux of the signings. I mean, Patriots have to be one of the biggest winners, right? I mean, yeah. I don't think there's any doubt when you kind of look at what they've done. I I feel like that's a no brainer. Um, I guess trying to think of some of the others, but to me that that stands out as the one that's. You know, again, you can probably make the comparison with them and some other teams, but I, I just feel like they're the one that has probably upgraded the most in terms of some of some of the areas they needed to, to upgrade in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, we went over those signings quite a bit, and I, you know, it's not a traditional path that we've seen the Pats take, but they, you know, they got the, the big cap number for a QB off. Not that they necessarily needed to or should have with um, Brady leaving, but now they have all this money and. Robert Kraft has talked about, you know, have you never has he had to to get so much capital just just ready to 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 be there for this kind of slew of signings. But uh, they they needed to to fix some things. They it's a team that, as we've talked about, you you need the in the free agency especially you draft or you sign guys to fill in your biggest needs. And I feel like they just did that at so many key spots. And I'm I'm just really excited to see what they're going to look like next season. It's still. As we've talked about, don't think you know under center they're necessarily done. Um, with with I don't think Cam's necessarily the, the decision to make him the starter. Uh, we'll see what they are able to do in the draft, what kind of goes in there. But they they've at so many different levels of their roster, just on you know each part of each level of their offense defense. They I feel like they just look better, and uh, I don't know if that makes them uh, a serious threat to the Bills for the division, but. Uh, uh, just because of you know if Josh Allen keeps playing at a borderline MVP level, it's and with the talent they've amassed there in Buffalo and the culture that Sean McDermott's built, they got something special. But I do think the Patriots. I don't think they're gonna. It's not gonna look like last season where it's just a team that you know at certain points in the year they won some games. They blew out the Chargers. They you know they beat the Raiders handily at home. They had some games early in the year where they looked fine, and then as the year went on, it was like man, this team's just not. It just felt kind of sad. Um, but, uh, I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to be uh, definitely – I think they're a big winner. Um, trying to think of some other teams. I I feel like I'm so negative. I've I'm, I'm mostly been thinking about losing teams. I guess Washington. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited for what Washington's uh, – you know, what some of the guys they're able to bring in uh, with the talent that they're going to have. Signing William Jackson, too, as a, a corner that was kind of underrated. Uh, so I, I guess Washington's got to be kind of in there. Maybe the, maybe the Broncos – uh, could be a winner too, but I don't know. It's it's gonna obviously we can say all these things now. By the time the season bores out, uh, I that was one thing Robert Kraft was joking about too. When when people that, you know like us were labeling them winners of of free agency, he's he's saying that you know for all those years they used to laugh at 
teams talking about the offseason winners as they kind of slowly, methodically added players and kept their kept their uh, process moving along. But now, you know, he's on the other side and he sees that really it can bring a spark to an organization that for the Patriots, after everything they've gone through the last year and a half, that it's something that I think will definitely propel them forward next year. Yeah, I, I think so too. And like you said, it's just sort of – I feel like they're, they're going to get back to where – We've seen them at, but still, you know, not having Tom Brady, it's a, it's, yeah. just, a it's just a different dynamic, and so um, you, you can only get back to what we kind of know from the Patriots so much. But um, anything else that's kind of stood out in terms of uh, some of the teams? Maybe I don't know. What about some under the radar teams that feel like maybe have made some moves or still kind of waiting? Uh, I guess just to sort of make maybe a splash somewhere. Um, we've obviously yeah. still got we've still got some guys out there again that that will we'll kind of get a better idea of where they're going to land here probably pretty soon. Um, we feel like there's still going to be some movement quarterback-wise. Um, you know, guys are taking visits. Uh, you know, there's still lots of, to be determined here, like we said before the draft. I think one of the ones just came across as we're recording here looks like Sammy Watkins uh, visiting with the Ravens. So we talked about, uh, mm. you know, the Ravens not getting uh, Juju. So Sammy Watkins uh, visiting with them. So that would be uh, an interesting one, obviously. Um, so, yeah, there's still lots, I think, to, to sort of figure out here. But uh, it seems like, you know, more, more of the bigger, bigger ones outside of any potential mm-hmm. blockbuster trades, uh, I feel like uh, we've, we've sort of kind of figured out how things are going to unfold there. Yeah, I'm really I'm biased as a Rams fan, obviously, but I, I think the Browns getting Troy Hill and John Johnson to help out that secondary is really uh, going to help them quite a bit. They bring in Takaris McKinley, too, to see. I mean, we'll see if that works out, but it's kind of a flyer, too, and maybe in their organization he'll be able to pick things up. But really with Troy Hill and John Johnson, that, the secondary for the Browns was obviously something that was concerning, especially at the, at the safety position. I think Johnson kind of – we already talked about him a bit more in a previous podcast, but I it's such a perfect fit for them. Uh, other signings – there's, like, teams that, you know, like for the, the Ravens, I really do think they still need that – number one receiver, missing out on Juju and Galladay. I don't know if you'd say Juju's necessarily number one, but for them could have been uh, the kind of receiver they're looking for. So I see Sammy Watkins is in that mold. But so Sammy Watkins, not exactly a guy. I feel like fits better as a not a player that you're really relying to be your number one guy, a guy that when he has the one-on-ones, he has the better opportunities, he can succeed. But that's a little bit of a stretch. But I do think them getting Kevin Zeitler, obviously, they had so, their offensive line for so many years was so great. And last year at certain times did struggle a bit, did have some injuries. So I think getting Zeitler in there, uh, that's a really interesting one. Uh, the Jets maybe a team that with they kind of made a lot of additions on defense, a team, another team with more, uh, you know, room and cap space. And they kind of did what I thought maybe the Jags would do in terms of just signing so many guys on defense that I really think Carl Lawson and Sheldon Rankins together, that's going to be an interesting combination on their, on their defensive line. Uh, they get a couple of weapons with Keelan, cool Corey Davis. So it's, it's some interesting things there. Obviously a lot of, it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to just be good, but uh, there's, there's a number of those kind of signings for teams that I wouldn't say the, the Bengals by any means have been winners in free agency, but I think Trey Hendrickson really helps their defense and their pass rush. So uh, there's some questions maybe if he can uh, keep his uh, success for New Orleans. But uh, th- there's there's just a, some of those signings that are out there. That There's so many now that I'm just trying to, like, scramble through to think of right. any others. There's, like, the uh, maybe a loser, a team that we didn't really talk about as a loser, that it's not even about the signings, but it's – I mean, maybe it is kind of, and it's the Raiders in terms of just – I don't know what's going on. They when they <laughs> they traded and move on from so such key pieces of their offensive line, and we thought maybe they're going to really uh, 
you know, you know, still reload and use that money to, to find other guys for their maybe younger guys for the offensive line. Instead, they just sign Kenan Drake and Theo Riddick. And I mean, John Brown's a good signing. I, I do like him a lot. I think he's better than some of the receivers, that, uh, deep threats they've had in recent years. But they're a team that, man, and like the defensive signings just are not, they're not <laughs> uh, like uh, we talk about in Gawkway, and that's one thing. And we already kind of went over how, you know, we hope he can live up to the expectations and to his ability, but just there's no sure things. And all the other, all the other guys they signed, it's just not, I really thought they would have invested more in defense than they, they did. And uh, that's a little disappointing for them. Um, but yeah, those are probably the biggest at this point, the weekend, um, probably the biggest takeaways that I have. Um, I have nothing else to really say about the Bears. Like, good good for them that Allen Robinson signed his franchise tag and is actually going to stay. But, oh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know either. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting one. And I guess we can we can wrap up with the, uh, you know, mentioned Deshaun Watson earlier is still not knowing what things are going to look like for him with the Texans. Um, but, uh, I mean, this is – Obviously, the situation off the field, um, there's lots going on for Deshaun Watson based on uh, some of the stuff mm-hmm. that's out there. I think even, again, since we've been recording this, um, it looks like there, I mean, I don't know if it's more lawsuits being filed um, or, mm-hmm. or whatever's going on. Like I said, I've seen some of them pop up just since we started recording. Um, but, I mean, it looks like that, you know, Ian Rapport says that their team's still obviously very much interested, you know, potentially trading for him. Um, but... I don't know. Like this is uh, this is a situation where you know we kind of talked about the Dolphins and such earlier, but I just you know who knows? I guess kind of where things go from here in this situation. So yeah, it's it'll be like you're saying. It is interesting that teams are uh, you think that they might maybe want to see things kind of play out, but I don't know. It, it feel it, the timing of it's weird, but obviously like you don't want to make anything less of such serious allegations and such yeah, serious to, charges. So it's, it's hard like to figure out. You know, it's just like again, uh-huh. I mean, you're not. Because obviously we don't, I mean, we don't have all the facts. We don't, we don't know exactly. We we only go by what we see reported. And um, again, if you just look at what you see reported, it's obviously not good. Um, so it's just, yeah, trying mm-hmm. trying to figure out, um, you know, what, who's telling the truth. And it's just, yeah, that's, uh, it, it's not. I mean, it's obviously not a good situation for for all parties involved, just based on how this thing has played out. So. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot has changed in the last week. It was a week ago, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports tweeted out that the the, the sexual assault lawyer, like the, the attorney at the heart of it all, uh, has kind of a history of these kind of big lawsuits uh, where it's like a lot of people involved for a person, uh, like a caliber of star, um, and like Deshaun, and once referred to, he also put down as uh, Bob McNair's neighbor. Um, so that's kind of a weird thing that, you know, kind of – back then but again it's obviously the severity of what's being said it's a really weird it's, it's just tough to, to know exactly what's happening I feel like yeah for other teams you want to see what how it's all going to play out but it's it's a messy situation and uh man I yeah for like I just don't know how if you're the Dolphins you're just gonna I, I mean obviously if you could get Deshaun Watson when you think about what he's on the field and everything but at this point, I feel like you, it's probably a more of a waiting period to see how everything plays out because it's so new and so fresh. And But there are just so many – the timing of it is very weird. Uh, that's the only, I guess, the last thing I'll say. Yeah, and I was going to say, that's what I was I was looking at a tweet from, I guess, uh, Rapport was on the Pat McAfee show. And this tweet's from 50 minutes ago, which, again, we're recording this during the day on Monday, mm-hmm. and basically said that, 
you know, I assume this is a pretty recent episode. It says it's uh, it's actually from today. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it says that Rapport basically said that there are still teams uh, very much interested in him. And, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I guess we'll see kind of how things play out with that. But uh, certainly going to be a storyline to watch uh, there moving forward and plenty of others, as we said, uh, with free agency. So we will see how things unfold there. But, um, Dylan, lots of stuff happening over clutch points. Uh, just a, a lot going on right now. Certainly yeah. uh, when you look at uh, everything in NFL free agency, the NBA, of course, LeBron situation, um, you know, tournament, there's just all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah, you can follow all NBA coverage, all the games on the Clutch Points app. We'll have the trade deadline this week covered very thoroughly. Um, in addition to as for NC keeps going, just having all these things happen at once. Yeah, and you throw in the tournament we have at ClutchPoints.com. If you search NCA, we've we've had betting previews for most of the games. We'll, we'll continue to have those through the rest of the tournament. Uh, for MLB, fall spring training, you know, let, just a little over a week now away from opening day. So excited for that. Uh, so, yeah, just like you're saying, it's it's crazy. You know, a year ago, sports had stopped, and we were just figuring out what we were trying to do anything to, to kind yeah. of generate some uh, interest with everyone. And now it's now it's so much to, to try to keep up with. It's it's pretty it's pretty chaotic out here, but we got as much as we can cover at Clutch Points. We got it in the app and on the website. Yep, check all that out. And remember, as always, uh, be sure to take uh, Gonzaga and the points. Uh, they are, <laughs> as I say that, our, this game is tipping off right now. So watch when people listen to this um, on Tuesday. They're going to say, oh, the Zags just got beat. What's this guy talking about? So uh, if that happens, <laughs> boy, you, you talk about madness. Uh, there you go. So, um, yeah, check everything out at Clutch Points. Uh, lots of stuff going on over there. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, any podcast app you use, you can find it on there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Fabric Podcast.